We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everybody, to the CFB Nation All-America Podcast. My name is Bill Trochi, Senior Editor at SportingNews.com, alongside Bill Bender, lead college football writer at SportingNews.com. It's uh, our Tuesday edition here at CFB Nation. We're going to bump up our shows from Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday, we're going to look back a little bit and see what's going on during the week. Wednesday, we will look ahead and we will preview the upcoming games. Uh, you can catch... Bill Bender, when you are not listening to this podcast, he writes uh, for SportingNews.com, does his picks against the spread every week, does his bold projections every week, overreacts every week. Bill, you've you've been known to overreact, have you not? (laughs) This week, not so much. I mean, there wasn't that much during the week. I mean, I know Georgia looked human. I know Alabama, you know, had the Bryce Young injury, but it looks like he's going to be okay. So, uh it was a fun weekend. I think week five, I mean, we're already almost to mid-season. We'll have our mid-season All-Americans at Sporting News pretty soon, which just made me kind of do a double take yesterday that we're already getting to that point in the season. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I never dreamed I would talk this much about coffee, especially since I'm not really a coffee drinker. 
But ever since we first tried Trade Coffee, my coffee-loving wife is not only hooked, but I've even started to drink coffee. And I've got my mom hooked on it as well. Let me tell you about Trade Coffee. It's a coffee subscription service unlike anything you've tried before because they partner with top independent roasters to freshly roast and send the best coffees in the country direct to your home on your preferred schedule. Their team of experts do all the work, taste testing hundreds of coffees from across the U.S. every month to curate over 450 exceptional coffees that make the cut. I've told you about our collection, the rich, sweet flavor of the Big City Roast from Joe Coffee, the full flavor of the Black Velvet from Atomic Coffee Roasters, where you can actually taste the malted milk balls. We love it. And if what I got isn't up your alley, don't worry. Trade will have whatever it is that you want. You can shop their most popular coffees by roast or flavor profile, or you can take the coffee quiz like we did and get expertly matched with the coffees that you'll love. Trade is the easiest way to get your very best tasting coffee delivered fresh when you need it. You've got nothing to lose because Trade guarantees you will love your first bag. If not, they'll work with you to replace it for free. So if you want to support small businesses and brew the best cup of coffee you've ever made at home, it's time to try Trade Coffee. Right now, Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off your first order, plus free shipping at drinktrade.com slash irish. That's drinktrade.com slash irish for $30 off your subscription to the best coffees in the world. Give it a shot. It is amazing how fast it goes. No question about it. It's amazing how fast coaches can go from not on the hot seat to getting the pink slip. And that's what happened on Sunday night. Uh, we'll, we'll start with our weekly fired coaches intro because it has happened after week two, week three, week four, and now week five. Sunday morning, it was Carl Durrell at Colorado. Not really a surprise. Sunday night, it was Paul Christ at Wisconsin. Definitely a surprise for me. Very out of character for Wisconsin. They had not fired a football coach since 1989. They had not fired a coach in season ever. And it just seems to me that in college football, the environment right now, you're not allowed to have a bad season. You're not allowed to have a bad month. Well, yeah, but I, I we talked about this last week a little bit and wrote about it at Sporting News. I just think that the hiring cycle begins when the season starts and rather instead of November, when you would see some coaches get let go in November, they've just pushed the calendar up two months like everything else in life. Um, Wisconsin was a surprise, but not maybe not as much to me just after I left the Ohio state game and just struck at, they weren't even on close to Ohio state's level. And this was a team for a quarter century that Ohio state was the, that was a tough game for both. I mean, that was Ohio State would go up to Madison. It'd be a tough game when when Wisconsin would come into the shoe. You knew it was going to be physical, but Ohio State dominated them physically on both sides. So, and then they lose to Brett Bielema, who their former coach. And anytime the former coach comes in and smacks you around, yeah, I'm sure they had this conversation. So, which comes to the next part, Bill, is like, to me, if this is a Jim Leonard audition, that's fine. He's young. He's been there forever. He's had a top 10 defense for several years. But I just see more of the same. Like I, I see more of the same there. Like, Are they going to at least reevaluate how they have the quarterback play there? Are they going to change their offensive philosophy? If they don't, 
I still see more of the same. They, they, they'll get back to like that Paul Chris level of 10 wins, but no closer to being, they're the best program in the country that hasn't played in the playoff. I can say that the record says that, but are they any, but they're also the best program in the country that doesn't seem like they're close to a playoff appearance. Now, is there a worry that Wisconsin could turn into Nebraska? Nebraska fired Bo Pelini almost had the exact same record as Paul Christ. Kind of just good, not great, not good enough. Right. Um, and they are not in a recruiting hotbed. And they have what you would think from the outside overachieved for a while. And after Pelini left Nebraska, everybody knows they've been in purgatory for 10 years. Could the same thing happen to Wisconsin? Um, yes, maybe. I don't know. I, I, I think they, they have a, a quarter century foundation of solid football. I mean, I don't think they'll go back to the days before Alvarez where they're three and nine, but um, they could slip into average pretty quick because, you know, I, I their tradition is rest on offensive linemen, which they've recruited well. When we did that list of top co- programs in the country this summer, that we always do at Sporting News, uh, the top 16 programs, in the, and we have the statistical formula that's super nerdy that I put into the spreadsheet, Wisconsin finished ninth. So it's like I've been telling you and, and others at Sporting News, this is a very good program, but they just don't look the same. And so, I mean, to me, it becomes a question of, okay, if it's if Jim Leonard does this for a half season and you don't like it, go get Lance Leopold. Because if you don't, Nebraska is. And that's that's a very interesting – I want. I think I'm going to convince you that I need to write about this this week is what is the best play for Lance Leopold? Is it stay at Kansas? Is it go to Nebraska? Or is it go to Wisconsin? And – I think all three of those doors are attractive for him, but um, you know, it, it's I I just worry that they're going to do more of the same, and more of the same to me is good enough to win nine games, but not good enough to get to the college football playoff. Maybe in a twelve teamer, but you know, they, they'll be that chronic one and done once they do that. Yeah, the thing about Jim Leonard and giving him a trial run, it's like when you run a program, recruiting is X percent important 75 percent. some people would say 90 percent. some people would say he's not going to recruit during the season you know his job right now is to keep the team together put game plans together and elevate the play on the field but the recruiting piece is so important and it's hard to evaluate a coach who becomes head coach on october 3rd in two months what kind of a recruiter he's going to be uh, the, his defenses have been great over the years. They've had gotten a lot of talent and gotten a lot out of the players that they have recruited. But to me, you know, the the Washington State case last year when, when Jack Dicker took over and the, you know, Rolovich was let go and he was the interim coach, and, and, and that was a difficult situation for Washington State in terms of trying to keep the program together. Rolovich left under – uh, you know, ugly circumstances. Leach had 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 left not too long before. Dickert rallied the the group, and and I don't know how many great candidates Wazoo was going to get. So my point is, keeping Dickert in that situation made sense to me. I don't know how much this Leonard like trial, you know, over the next two months, evaluating what kind of a head coach he's going to be of like you said, a top 10 program. I'm not sure how you, how much you're going to 
figure out in the next two months. Yeah. What are you going to learn from here's their schedule, Bill? Let's, let's do this real quick. Northwestern win, right? Should be (laughs) at Northwestern Michigan state at the, at Michigan state should be. And then Purdue at home. That's they'll probably lose that game. Purdue gives them fits. Uh, Maryland at home, Iowa, Nebraska, Wisconsin, or Minnesota. And they'll probably go best case, like five and two worst case three and four. So that, that I don't know what we learned there. There's not a team on there because what, whether these coaches or whether these programs in the Big Ten admit it or not, you are judged on how you do against Ohio State and Michigan and, and probably Penn State. It wouldn't have hurt if they had Penn State on the schedule there um, to see how he does against one of those teams. And that was something that Paul Christ had slipped. You know, last year they lose to Penn State at home. They lose to Michigan at home. They just get we, – we just talked about they the last two times they've gone to Columbus, they've just gotten blown out. So – I think it's a better job than Nebraska. I do. Um, but you, you hit on the recruiting. If you look at the recruiting right now, Nebraska has the 48th best class and Wisconsin has the 55th best class. Nothing's going to change for either one of those programs until they change the way they do that. You, you nailed that 100%. All right, we could talk Wisconsin over and over, but let's move on. I, I looked back at my preseason hot seat story. Uh, we had seven names on the list. Chris was not on it, of course. Frost, uh, Herm Edwards, and Jeff Collins are out. Those three of those names were out, and Brian Harson, of course, at Auburn, still hanging in there, but uh, clearly still on the hot seat. But there are three other names that were on my preseason hot seat list. That I want to just at least mention real quick: Dino Babers, Chip Kelly, and Mike Norvell of Florida State. Dino Babers undefeated at Syracuse. Chip Kelly undefeated at UCLA, and Mike Norvell four and one at Florida State. Bill, how have they done it? Um, you know, first of all, you know, four out of seven, very good. Um, well, three out of seven, and then you're going to get a fourth one fired probably very soon. <laughs> three and um, a half. <laughs> well, I mean, the easy answer for Syracuse is they've got a great quarterback running back combination. They've had a little bit of luck. I mean, they sh- probably shouldn't schedule Wagner again, uh, after last week. We don't need to see that game again. Um, but you know, heading into a bye week and, and really maybe. Clemson's biggest challenge in the ACC, which we didn't think would be possible. I think Florida State, despite the loss last week, he's going to get them to a bowl game. They're going to move up into the top half of the Atlantic, and that's an example of where patience isn't the worst thing. Uh, You know, Mike Norvell's got them going. I think UCLA has been the most impressive. Um, I know you're a big Chip Kelly fan. I'm always kind of on the fence with him, but 41.4 points per game. DTR looks awesome defense is better they're they're equipped to play in a pack 12 which we're going to talk about here in a little bit how they a lot of teams can score a lot of points in that conference and ucla's equipped to do that so i've probably been most impressed with ucla even though every week we're talking about how few people are in the stands i mean for them to to do what they're doing it's been pretty impressive so that's my call to UCLA students. Get off the beach and get in the stadium a little bit. Help your team out. <laughs> I probably wouldn't get off the beach, though. I mean, it's tough, right? It's tough. But uh, they're going to have a great one this weekend. And it's at noon out in in, uh, in L.A., I think, or noon or 12th. I think it's noon. So they can uh, hit the beach for a late afternoon cocktail after the football game, right? Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. UCLA is a good example of – 
a school showing some patience though, right? When you talk about the coaching, I mean, it's taken Chip a little while. He went three and nine, four and eight, and then three and four in the in the pandemic season last year, eight and four this year, five and zero. Oh. So it took a while, and you know, it, every case is different, but this time it looks like some patience paid off. Right. I mean, and for sure, and and that's good for the program. It's good for Chip Kelly. It's good for the program because barring whatever goes on with the legal circumstances, they're going to go to the Big Ten. So I think they've also increased their national profile just in time because it was easy to forget about UCLA. I mean, they really haven't been on the national radar in a while. Like in terms of like in the hunt, I mean, I I have to go like all the way back to like Cade McNown where I'm like, yeah, long time. They are in the national championship hunt and a serious contender. So um, that's good. And DTR is a good story of, you know, it's kind of like, how Scott Frost was married to Martinez at Nebraska, Chip Kelly and DTR have been together for a long time at mm-hmm. UCLA. And it's good to have him see him have some success that said, and, and we'll talk about this more tomorrow. Um, they're in trouble against Utah, man. Utah's really good. I've been watching them every week. That's going to be a fun game this weekend. Yes, absolutely. Can't wait for that one. Alabama survives at Arkansas. Georgia almost loses to Missouri, and the AP AP voters bumped Georgia from number one to number two. Alabama becomes the number one team. Again, extremely close vote. Only two points separating Alabama and Georgia, but Alabama is the new number one. You've seen both of them several times. You've seen them play well. You've seen them struggle a little bit. Neutral field tomorrow afternoon. Bill, Georgia, Alabama, who you got? I would, I would probably pick Alabama. Uh, I know we had this discussion Saturday night before we put out playoff picture. And I think if the committee was voting this week, they would probably put Alabama number one. I think they would go Alabama one, Georgia two, Ohio state three, but the way that those votes would be parsed out would be pretty close. Um, Alabama's averaging over eight yards per play since the Texas game. They, they've found some explosiveness in the offense with Gibbs. They found it without Bryce Young, I guess to answer your question, you have to tell me exactly what's going on with Bryce Young's shoulder before I make my pick, but sounds like he'll be okay. I I can't put a finger on what could be quote unquote wrong with Georgia. Um, The stats check out, right? Their defense is still good. Their offense is still running the ball better than, you know, I was like, maybe they're not running the ball. Maybe Stetson Bennett's doing this. Um, I just think it's a product bill of when you lose 15 guys that are on NFL fields right now, there has to be some drop off, even if it's not a drop off in the win column. Like, I think we got so spoiled by how legendarily awesome they were last year that it's, it's tough to, cause I thought Missouri had some dudes on the field and caused them some problems. Yeah. I mean, it's a mentality. It's hard to repeat. It's hard to win week after week after week and get up for these teams they were up for Oregon. Georgia certainly has the most impressive non-conference win of the season, that 49-3 to win over Oregon. Oregon's looked great since. The Georgia took it easy against Kent State, wasn't sharp, trailed almost the whole game against Missouri. It's just hard. It's just hard to do. I don't, I don't – if they had a huge game next week or the week after, I would have no problem thinking Georgia was going to roll through it. I just think it's really, really hard 
to stay on an elite level. You know, even Saban, you see the the, the tide doesn't play at the the NFL level. You know, their talent dictates it should every week. So I don't have any concerns really about Georgia. You know, I watched that whole game. They're, they're they've got so many ways to beat you. They've got great tight ends. They got you know the running game. Bennett is a great college quarterback. And then defensively, they still got dudes everywhere. So, um, you know, Missouri got a little lucky here and there. They kept bombing 50-yard field goals, although that guy's a great kicker. Uh, hey, yes. He's not against Auburn, but he's a great kicker, generally speaking. Bill, Bill, when they were down 10 with like 14 minutes left, was there any thought in your head that they were, they were <clears throat> excuse me, that they were going to lose? There was none for me. I not still re- thought they're 100% going to win. So I, I guess that's my are they really struggling? I guess it will be when I have that moment where I'm like, oh, they're actually going to lose. Right. And Alabama had the same type of what's going on here. It got to 28-23. Arkansas had all the momentum. And uh, Young was hurt. It's third and 15. Back, They're backed way up. And then Jalen Milrow made the play of the game with that 75-yard scramble. That was amazing. And that turned – everything around you can talk about gibbs and everything you want that scramble by milro was the play of the game now that one i was 50 50 at that point like at the exact point that you just said i was like well if they don't get this first down this becomes a 50 50 game because you were the backup quarterback on the road you made two special teams gaffes those those are like i said i can't really put a finger on georgia i can tell you exactly what's wrong with alabama is that they their defense commits too many penalties They've had special teams gaffes. Um, the receivers have actually improved, but I was unsure about the receivers a little bit. But the penalties is, you know, it's amazing that Nick Saban isn't bringing two or three headsets to the game because that's got to drive him crazy because that's what he coaches is discipline, emotional intelligence, those kind of things. And they may, they commit a lot of dumb penalties on defense. But in the end, it was impressive showing on the road, which they haven't been able to put together over the last two years, really. And they're going to have to do it again in Knoxville in a couple of weeks. So that alleviated some of their concerns about why were they struggling on the road and that type of thing. So we will see what happens. They got a big one this week against Texas A&M, of course. Um, but I'd say they're a worthy one-two. I'd say it's a one-two-three. I'd say Ohio State's right there, too. Ohio State hasn't had the hiccups that either of those two teams have really had uh, the, you know, the opener was the opener, but um, you know, well, well, we haven't seen them on the road yet. We'll, Mm -hmm. we'll be able to, I mean, they've spent the first month and change in, in Ohio stadium. So I think we're going to learn that this Michigan state game, if they go up there and and smack them around, I do think if you and me, if one of us was like Alabama's one two Georgia, and and my wife, Kimberly came down here and said, no, it's Ohio state. I, I would not, well, first of all, I wouldn't argue with her, but I, I wouldn't argue with anybody because I, I think all three, there's a, you know, there's a case to be made for all three, and I really don't have a problem with it. Right. Yeah, definitely a tier, a tiered system right now. There's three teams in the top tier and then kind of a free-for-all after that. Want to shift gears and talk about the Pac-12, Pac-12's revival. Uh, the, the league had not been to the playoffs since 2017 everybody knows that and then you know this summer it was announced usc and ucla are lose are leaving to go to the big 10 
starting in 2024. So the funeral marches started for the conference all over the place. But at least through the first five weeks of this season, the league is thriving. Five teams in the top 25 right now. We talked about UCLA. They play Utah this weekend. It's one of the games of the week. This weekend, USC and UCLA, are they're obviously still leaving, but it's good to see the league somewhat healthy with even programs like Oregon State, Washington State, and Arizona kind of on the upswing. Yeah, I mean, and I, I go by this. I mean, anytime your conference hasn't been in the playoff since Washington in 2016, that was a really good Washington team. With college football fans and writers and media and, and their creatures of the moment and the Pac-12's in your face every week with a big game which is good. I mean, last week it was Washington, UCLA. Yeah, it was tucked in late on Friday night, but big game. This week, I think Utah, UCLA is the best game on the schedule. I really do. And I mean, we can, we'll talk about that more tomorrow as well. But if, if I had to watch just one game this weekend, it would probably be that because I, I think Utah's just been super impressive. UCLA is undefeated. Um, Utah, UCLA, USC, Washington, Oregon, all average over 40 points per game. And that's my standard. I don't know if it's an actual standard that somebody should hold to. That's my standard for a great offense. 40 points. If you average 40 points a game, you got a chance to beat everybody. And those five teams can do that. Um, I stay up late and watch USC every week. Um, I'm trying to figure out if they're a national championship contender. But, but the point being, even though it's late, no matter what window they're in, they have big games. They are more intriguing to me than the wide open Big 12 or the ACC dominated Clemson or the three, the big three, not the big 10, it's the big three. Um, They're not more intriguing than the SEC yet because the SEC has mastered that having a big game in your face every week. But yeah, so great timing by PAC 12. They've made a lot of missteps over the years, but getting rid of divisions for this year guarantees it's going to be a great championship game. Uh, you look at the Big Ten, that's not shaping up as a great championship game. You look at the ACC, that is not shaping up as a as a great championship game. Clemson, Clemson Duke on paper right now is the ACC championship game. That's not pretty. Um, but with the Pac-12 getting rid of divisions, they've got, like you, you mentioned, the five teams. I mean, it's Oregon, it's USC, it's UCLA, it's Utah. It's like whatever combination – of the top two comes out of that, that that Friday night championship game is going to be really relevant this year. And we typically skip over that one. I mean, you, there's been years where whether it's you or an, another editor I've had in the past be like, you're good. You don't have to even watch that. Well, I want you can watch it, but you, <laughs> it doesn't impact Sunday. So it'd be an, interesting if that game finally impacts Sunday this year. And, and I think there's a chance that it could, and you just said it. I mean, I was doing the, the mental exercise in my head. Let's just, for fun, you see, okay, one could be USC-Utah rematch. One could be Georgia-Alabama. Then it could be Clemson, Duke, or North Carolina. Uh, the Big 12, I you throw two dart, darts at the wall. It could be Kansas versus Kansas State. <laughs> um, and here's my favorite one. The Big 10 could absolutely be Ohio State versus Nebraska. Or Illinois. Illinois or Nebraska. And there's, I'm just telling you, that's not – that's not going to be, that's going to be over pretty quick. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's the the good thing for the Pac-12. And, yeah, there's a lot of talk. Part of this, too, and I'll throw this at you, I think USC and UCLA and, to some extent, Washington and Oregon 
you wonder is like, is this a Big Ten audition for them? Are they auditioning for the Big Ten? Not USC and UCLA, but are these other schools like, hey, we want in too. And, you know, that's something to keep an eye on. I mean, I'm not saying that that is why Oregon and Washington are good. But, I mean, I've been impressed with Oregon. Bo Nix is having fun out there. Good for him. Another good story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So one of your overreactions before we wrap it up here, one of your overreactions from Saturday night was we could have a college football playoff with no undefeated teams. Let's revisit that take. What made you think that? And who do you think has the best chance of getting in without a loss? Well, I I track, I have a spreadsheet where I track all the unbeaten teams. I've done this ever since I've started doing this for sporting news. Like, and I just trim off each week. So it got down to 16 this week, right? And then you start to look at those 16 and you say, all right, how many of these guys are, are going to get through undefeated? I was general, generally curious in the playoff era because we have – I love the history of the game. So I was like, okay, everybody says this is like 2007. Let's get this out of the way, Bill. It's, this is nowhere close to 2007. At 2007, there was something crazy going on every week. Um, until we get – and I always say this till Alabama, I always say every year, every radio hit I do, I say the season doesn't really start until Alabama loses. Once they lose, then it opens up possibilities. So will Alabama lose a road game? Maybe, maybe they could lose at Ole Miss or Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Would uh, Georgia lose after seeing them be human? Maybe. I, I think the two teams that if I was at a Vegas betting window, I was like, these two teams are going to go unbeaten, be 13 and now. Are, are Ohio State and Clemson. And, and Ohio State, what if they go to Happy Valley and it's snowing and it slows down that offense? What if Clemson has a hiccup against Syracuse, which has happened in the past? I mean, I think this could be a lot like 2017 where we didn't – it was the only year of the playoff era where we didn't have an unbeaten team and it could create one hell of a one-loss pileup, which, which would be a lot of fun sorting out that one loss pile up because we're not to the 12 team playoff yet. Right. The big 10 Michigan or Ohio state will have to lose before the championship game. Neither of them are going to lose in the championship game. So if Ohio state loses to Michigan, Michigan would have to lose. It's sort of like last year had to lose before that. And, um, but yeah, it's a good point. I like, you know, I don't, I'm not sure. I like Clemson's path right now, the way they're playing. They look good against NC State. Getting by NC State and Wake Forest back-to-back weeks, very impressive, and those are probably the two best teams in the ACC outside of Clemson. I'm not totally sold on Syracuse yet. So, um, yeah, I think Clemson has a good shot, but that would be interesting to, like you said, a a one-loss pileup. That would be very fun to see what the committee would do there. Well, I mean, and then when they did it in 17, it was confusing, but Alabama ended up getting in because they didn't have that second loss. And, and the only piece of the puzzle that mattered the most that year was Oklahoma beat Ohio State non-conference and Ohio State had two losses. So that's what kept the Buckeyes out. Um, could happen. I mean, it, it could it could be – that's our definite – the definition of chaos in this current era is just different because, I mean, until – Unless Missouri, until Missouri closes that door and beats a Georgia, or until Arkansas beats Alabama, or you know, until Michigan gets beat by Maryland, I mean, that's when those are the shakeups. I mean, we've been talking about NC State beating Clemson in a game that of significance forever, 
until somebody goes into Clemson and beats them, Bill. That that streak's amazing. 37 straight at home. No doubt. No doubt. So, well, that'll wrap it up for today. Uh, stay tuned for tomorrow's CFP Nation All-America podcast. We'll be back Wednesday to look ahead, update our uh, confidence contest. Spoiler alert, Trochi making a move. And we will uh, preview week six games. Should be another great weekend. But um, it, it's it, the season doesn't start until Alabama loses. Sometimes the season never starts, Bill. All right. <laughs> it won't start till January at this rate. <laughs> anyway, thank everybody for joining. We'll see you tomorrow. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.